The following video is a Convergent member webinar recorded on March 14th of 2019. In the webinar, we cover important statistical concepts. Statistics are relevant to all market conditions, and this webinar is as applicable today as it was at the time at which it was recorded. If you stick around until the end, we'll share with you a free copy of the spreadsheet and statistical analysis that's covered in this video. Enjoy the webinar. Thanks for joining. This is another member study hall session. Today's topic is understanding behavior with statistics. The uh, topic is um, really about laying out or getting everyone to think in terms of probabilities, but also discussing the some of the uh, key elements uh, connected with that. Uh, please remember that derivative trading is not suitable for all investors. Past performance is not necessarily indicative of future results. Today, uh, we will cover historical probabilities and what they are, and what they're uh, also what they're they they aren't, what they can't offer, uh, what people get, why people get lost into statistical discussions or statistical studies. This is very common. How extracted statistical information can be used, and a quick walkthrough example of generating a preliminary statistic, uh, something that we haven't talked about before really uh, as a group from which we can build a setup with an edge, okay? Well, I'm not gonna go through like a setup, you know, statistical probability and a setup are two completely different animals. A statistical probability is like talking about the world of um, um, combustion engines, uh, where a setup is talking about a specific car. You know, it's, there's a lot more detail that gets into a setup that a general statistical probability does not cover. So uh, one thing I did not remember to do, which is to pull up the member statistics, our market cheat sheets. Let me just get that up here real quick. So what are historical probabilities? Okay, historical probabilities describe and the key elements you need to, I believe you need to take with you is historical probabilities describe the outcomes or the tendencies within a closed data set. Very important to know that this is a closed data set. And I'll tell you why in a minute. Historical probabilities just tell us what we know. Like it takes the information that we already know and have experienced and puts it in terms of, you know, the percent probability that X, Y, Z will happen. Um, and it's not really, it's not really intended to predict the future uh, because the future, as you all know, has an open data set, right? So every tick Im impacts the data set, every millisecond, every tick on and on and on and on will continue to impact the data set because we're walking into the future and um, and that closed data set that gave you the probability that you may want to trade off of is constantly evolving and constantly changing. So just remember that. Um, but historical probabilities give us an idea of, of the potential or the tendency of whatever it is you're, we're studying. So if we look at a normal 
uh, histogram of um, people's shoe sizes in a in a particular country. Let's let's pick Canada just because Yoda is in Canada and they have big feet. No, I'm just kidding. Um, if we charted, if we made a chart uh, discussing the sample, the number of samples for each shoe size that is sold in Canada, we can start to see that a good part of the population is is between shoe size X and shoe size Y. And so when we are going out as a as a company and investing, you know, fifty million dollars in a new production in a production line for a certain shoe style, we can then uh, target that uh, group with the the bulk of our production. We want to buy machines and set them in a way and have engineers uh, configure them in a way to address the, the population that's in the middle of this bell curve. That's what's called the first standard deviation. So I won't get into statistical terms and, uh, you know, what is one sigma, what is a mean, what is a mode, what is a median, uh, what is kurtosis, all that stuff. I'm not going to get into that today. Today is is more uh, about being practical, and we are more interested in just looking at probabilities historically, understand where you know what they are, what are what what historical probabilities aren't and can't offer, what they are not is a representation of the likelihood of something taking place. So a statistical probability that says, a simple one that we use often, uh, a neutral day type, uh, where the first hour is high and low get taken out, uh, that occurs about 28, well, we don't have to guess because our awesome, Stat guy Steve, uh, also known as the monkey in the chat room, generated this. Right, so all members have access to this. So if you go to, if you log into the website and go to the members menu and go to market cheat sheets, it'll take you to this page. This is included in your membership. And we are constantly looking at adding more and more products. This is included in your membership. And in here, there are statistical reports, just like a prop shop or an institution would get, where we have worked out using uh, the, the data that we have, uh, certain statistics that may be useful for your trading. And this is the report that, that results from clicking the download PDF. You can keep this PDF on your desk or whatever for your product. Remember, this is proprietary information uh, and is confidential to um, current convergent members only. It gives you some idea at the top of what the contract specifications and the parameters are for the various statistics. And we can see the neutral day percent uh, historical probabilities, 28%, give or take a few, a few dimes here or there. So what this says that historically from January 1st, 2014 to, to March 1st, 2019, uh, the market took out the first hours high and low, took them out 
28% of the time, which means that 72% of the time, the market only breaks one side of that initial bounce. It doesn't tell us which side. It doesn't tell us up, up, down, whatever. We can study that. But it tells us in this particular data set of 1,288 days, very high sample size, so a pretty high confidence level, confidence interval for this data. It tells us this. So the tendency... What the historical probability tells us, to go back to our slide here, is the tendency is for the market to more likely than not break one side only, just like we've done today, unless we go neutral, just like we did, um, just like we did yesterday, just like we did the day before that, and the day before that. So the last, you know, three four days of trading uh, have not been neutral. They've They've met this 72% probability that's in this uh, that's in this report, and so given that information, uh, we know that now we can build around that. And our expectation is once one side breaks, hey, we probably should lean on that side. But it doesn't mean what they aren't. What historical probabilities are not, which is often a misnomer and a and a big mistake, is it doesn't mean the next trade has a 72% probability of working. Now, most of you are rolling your eyes because I've gone through this a million times, but it's a really hard thing for traders to understand um, and internalize that just because something happened historically in a closed data set 72% of the time, it doesn't mean that the, the trade that I'm going to put on has a 72% probability of working. The trade in front of you only has a 50% probability of working, and we're not going to talk about that today because we've discussed the heck out of it. We can, if somebody has questions about that aspect, we can uh, we can take it up some other time. So, what historical probabilities are not? They are not a predictor. Okay, so just because a doctor says this surgery has a 96% success rate with no complications, does not predict for you and your particular surgery, that there's a 96% success rate. What it does tell you is that the tendency is that, and that's the information we need to have and we need to make a decision based on, the tendency is that almost everyone that goes through this comes out just fine. So we can relax a little bit, but it doesn't mean that we have no risk whatsoever because we could be one of the 4% where it didn't work out and we had complications. So do not do a statistical study and then project just because you're able to extract that statistic, project that forward into the future. That is not what it's for. That is what's commonly, um, that's how it's commonly um, misused you're not common, right? You're, you're a convergent member and you're being educated in the fact that uh, a historical probability is not something that projects to the future. And that's why this session is called Understanding Behavior. So we are modeling the behavior, the past behavior of the product with the understanding that as the product continues to trade from second to second to second, it'll continue to evolve and that behavior is not likely to change radically. So we don't, it would be incredibly um, surprising if all of a sudden out of the next 20 days, we get 19 days that are neutral. It's possible, 
but that would be that would not be the normal behavior of the product, the historical behavior of the product. Again, it's possible. Why people get lost in statistical discussions. Before we get into the, our, which is where I want to spend the bulk of the time, before we get into our example, one of the tough things that, that uh, most traders, and we've had many discussions about this uh, in, in, uh, at other venues and online and so on with many, uh, many of you whom, whom I've known for years, um, we've had many discussions where two people do the same study and then they're like, well, I got 14%. And then the other person's like, no, no, it's 21%. It happens 21% of the time. But I use the same data you did. Yeah, but maybe it's a formula. Maybe not. The issue there is that most people, when they dive into a statistical study, have an idea of what they're trying to extract from the data. And the data data has data is tricky, right? Because it, it can easily overwhelm our logical mind. They have an idea of what they want. And then they start creating a spreadsheet or writing a, a Python script or whatever to kind of pull the information that that their idea uh, has generated in terms of what it wants, what they want in, in statistics. The usual issue with uh, discussions of statistics is that most people or a lot of people do not define exactly what it is they're testing in the data. It's very easy to start out looking at the initial balance range, you know, doing a histogram, something as simple as doing a histogram and finding out what is the normal or the first standard deviation or first sigma of the IB range in the ES going back 2,500 trading days, 10 years, right? You start out with that. And next thing you know, you notice that you know, on certain days, on gap days, that tends to be smaller. So you start to look in the data a little more closely and you start to do a, almost a sub study of that. And you've lost sight of the big picture. So it's really important to start your, your work, um, to start your work by defining exactly, writing down exactly what the question is you seek to answer. If that needs to change through the process, then you go to that hypothesis or you go to that original question and you change it and then you start over and you dig for the statistics for that. Otherwise, you'll find that you're coming up with statistics that don't match what anybody else is talking about and it just becomes a mess because you're working off of information that may or may not be answering the appropriate question. How extracted statistical information can be used? So once we get a historical probability, what we're looking for initially from just a raw statistical study where we're not defining the entry, risk, and exit parameters, what we're looking for is a tendency. And it is the first step towards extracting an edge statistically in the market. So we're not looking for oh, wow, this has a 72% probability, historical probability of touching XYZ, the prior close before turning. And therefore, I'm just going to sit down and I'm going to do whatever I need to do tomorrow to trade that statistic. That is completely wrong. You have to, you, you've, knowing that it has better than a 50-50 prob historical probability just gets you on your way 
to now boxing in and defining the parameters for the setup. And then you need to construct the setup with the, the appropriate data and then backtest it to find out with a tr the trade parameters if that setup actually can be traded. Because saying something works X percent of the time and trading it are totally different things. Completely, they're, they're not even cousins. They're unrelated almost. They're, well, they're related through their DNA in a distant way. So the, the more important step is to say, okay, given my account size, given the product tick value, given the risk that I'm taking, I can start doing my testing because what's the point of testing with a million dollar account if you only have $10,000 and given the product size and its volatility and so on, you know, the margin represents volatility. Um, given that, you can start out by saying, okay, I'm going to use the maxed stop that I can afford while risking 1% of my account, 2%, whatever it is. And then I'm going to build a, a scale out that gives me at least one R of that stop. So that's my starting point. Next, I'm going, oh, that looks good. That's giving me actually a positive edge. Now I've got a stop and a target and an entry. And now I'm coming up with a positive edge. And then you can start refining that edge, not through curve fitting and back testing. You start refining it by looking at, okay, what trades didn't work out? Why didn't they work out? Is there something in common? Can I go back in history and find out that common thing that I can take out without curve fitting my test, my test results? And then you walk forward your results. So you've done your back testing. Now you're testing it walking forward. So now you're on a simulator or you're... Uh, using you know, uh, some sort of a program or whatever to execute the trades for you going forward until you have enough samples with a high confidence that you can now go live. Now you have a true edge that you're trading, a setup that you're trading. So that's the pattern of how extracted information can be used. Now let's take a look at an example. If you're finding this webinar to be helpful, you'll probably enjoy the hundreds of webinars available exclusively to Convergent Trading Community members. To check out our full library of webinars, as well as the numerous other membership benefits at Convergent Trading, consider growing your trading knowledge with us by becoming a member. Visit us at go2ct.pro forward slash new member for more information. So here's the question I'm asking. Let me slip it in right down here. If you can see it at the bottom. Oh, I don't want to show you the statistics. So this is the question that we are asking as a part of this exercise. Do you all see it? I hope you do. Um, the question is, how often the, does the overnight point of control get touched or taken out during the, during the RTH session? Do you all see that question at the bottom there on a spreadsheet? Yes, we can see it. Cool. So that's the question that we're asking. So in order to answer this question, we need what? We need the, the overnight point of control for an X number of days. How many days do I need at a minimum? You probably need at least 250 days as a sample, minimum, minimum to test something like this. But what I did is I, I pulled all the data that I have on my chart. So how do I pull the over, for those of you who have IRT, this is, I can show you this on the screen. Unfortunately, I don't use Ninja Sierra and these other platforms, but you may be able to do the same thing. So how do I pull the overnight data? 
it's easy enough. I can pull everything off of the intraday chart or I can create a new chart and pull the data from there. First, I need to change this chart into a daily chart because I'm looking for the overnight point of control for each individual overnight session. However, this chart is charting 8.30 to 3.15. That's Chicago time. This is RTH. So I can switch it over to overnight only. So I have three sessions set up here. I'm looking at RTH. I'm looking at uh, the overnight. And then I have a 24-hour session. Okay. So I'm going to switch to the overnight session. It's taken a long time whirling around here. But I've already got the daily data. And I can, ex I can extract on IRT and other charts. Uh, you can easily extract whatever's shown on the screen. So if I want the delta, the, the end delta for any given day, uh, or the delta high, low, and, and so on, or the, the, the rotations or whatever, whatever's shown on the screen, we can extract it. The, the information I want, though, is on this profile. So you can see the overnight point of control last night. The extended hours overnight point of control was 2821. Uh, for last night, it's right here. It's this brown line. The night before, it was down here, 2798.50. The night before that, it's 2795. It's the same profile we use for the day session, except it's at night. I can highlight the profile, right-click, and say export data. Okay. Let me move this out of the way. So export data, and I select a directory to put it in. Easy enough. Let's do this. And I save. And it's going to say, do you want expanded or compact for IRT? Expanded means it's going to give you all the data for every price. We don't want that. We just want the entire day's data going back to whatever date we selected, which in my case here, the start date's the 24th of August, 2015 compact there's all the data okay and it throws it into a spreadsheet for you conveniently and so there's the overnight data and this is the overnight point of control to check that we go down and we see 2821 for today right so it's telling me the date and so on so i've extracted very easily i extracted all of this data the volume overnight the open high close uh value high, value low, uh, all this, how many prices were traded and blah, 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 blah. So I've extracted all of this information. This is kind of like the, the stone age way of doing it versus how some of these guys do it in our uh, code development channel and others with, with Python and other tools. But this is how I'm used to doing it. And it's worked fine for the last 20 years, uh, 19 years or whatever. Uh, there is a faster way to do this. So we have the overnight data. So we want to store this. Now, what we want is the day's high, low, close, because we're, we're trying to find out if the day's range traded through that overnight point of control, right? That's how we can answer the question that we ask, how often does the overnight point of control get touched or taken during the RTH session? So the RTH session had to have traded through that price in order for us to know what that is. So I need day session data. How do I get day session data? Switch to the day session RTH only. Export instrument data. These candlesticks, there are 895 of them in this chart going back to this date. Export those. Okay. 
So we're going to call this RTH. And then we end up with this pretty cool matrix of information for each day. So we have, including today, today's information. There's today's information. We've traded 544,000 so far, blah, blah, blah. And so every day we have this information. We take what's in this spreadsheet that was given to us and we match it up. So this is the part that I'm not going to do in front of you here, okay, where you're cleaning up the data. You have to make sure, sure your holidays are gone and all of that stuff, right? So let's hide this so we can focus here. So this is the overnight data I showed you. This is the day data that was just imported, okay? The first thing I do is I compare to make sure that, that I'm actually um, looking at apples to apples. So I'm, I'm looking at, so I have this formula here that says extract the day from this data that this data belongs to. Is it the 20, is the first, the day is the 25th. Extract the day for the RTH data so that they're matching. I look, I extract that data, the, the date or the day. And then I check that the days are the same because I don't want to compare, you know, the the overnight for a session that occurred overnight, but then there was no day session because of a holiday or something like that. So there's a fair amount of cleaning that I can't do because it takes too long here. So once you have this data and it's matched, you've got their holidays removed and you're matching the day RTH session to its overnight session. You know, that's the true statement here. Hey, does this day equal this day? It says true. And the formula simply equals W14, this number, equals Q14. If they're equal, say it's true. So my data is matched because it just says true all throughout. Now I want to know, just to break down the data, did we open above? Simple enough. All I have to do is say the open of the RTH session. Was it above greater than the point of control? If it was, it's going to give you true. If it wasn't, then it's going to give you false. So this day opened 1885.50, and the point of control is 1886 and a quarter. Well, this overnight point of control is higher, so we didn't open above. I copy that down. The way to copy it down is to double click on this little box right here. That's the same in uh, Google Sheets. And then I want to know if we open below because Maybe I want to pull the data. I don't want to get lost, but maybe I want to pull the data to find out how often we open above or below the point of control, right? So we can extract that information. How many days did it open at the point of control? So the opening print was on top of the point of control. Easy enough. The open is equal to the point of control. Is it true or false? Believe it or not, there are a ton of these where we open right on top of the point of control. Right, so there's true, true, surprising, but it's there. So now I'm going to create an if-then uh, statement that says, if we opened above and our low for that day is less than or equal to the point of control, then then tell me that that's true. If not, then leave the Leave the blank. That's the quotes. That's what the quotes are for. Leave that blank because I don't want it to say false uh, because that's going to throw me off. So if the, this condition is true that, hey, we opened above and 
the low is below the point of control. So imagine in your head the chart. We open above, the point of control is beneath us, and the day's low is below the point of control. That means we have touched or, ex or gone through that overnight point of control that day. If that's the case, it's going to give me true. This statement's correct. It's going to give me true. Otherwise, give me a blank box. Okay? Then I'm doing the same thing for opening from below. If we open from below and this statement's true, so in this case, statement's not true, this statement's true. So if we open below from below and the high of the day is above the point of control, then it's true that we got, we touched the overnight point of control. Otherwise, give me a blank cell. So I copy those two equations down, boom, copy them down. And now I've got a readout for when this is the case and when this is not. If, it's, if it says false, then the rest of the formula doesn't matter. And then now we can go and extract the actual statistic that we're looking for, which I'll uncover here. So the answer, well, So the answer is right here. First, I need to count the number of samples I have. Once I remove the holidays and everything, I have 893 samples, 893 days. That's pretty good. How many days ab uh, opened above the, open, uh, the overnight point of control? So I pull this. So for that, I use an equation, uh, a formula that says count if, count if this entire column, uh, count if, the entire column is true. Take this entire column and count the number of circumstances where it says true. Okay, it says 460. So out of 893 days, 460 or 52% opened above the overnight point of control. What about opening below the overnight point of control? Okay, if it opens below, then look at this entire column and count the number of times that it's true and give me that number, 377. So that's 42%. At the point of control, which is this column, if it opens right on top of the point of control, then tell me that that's true. How many times does that happen? 57, 6%, which I thought was really high. I mean, to open right on top of the point of the overnight point of control. I thought that was unusual. Now, this is where we answer our question. So we've got all this information, and now we're we're looking at, okay, now that we've opened above the overnight point of control, how often is it true that we touched it? We touched the overnight point of control. 84% of the time. That's a pretty high statistic. If we open below, <clears throat> which is this column, how often did we touch the overnight point of control? 87%. What about the combined amount? So out of all the days, out of all the days, these two, We've touched the overnight point of control 86% of the time, including days where we opened on top of it, because by definition, we're touching it if we're open on top of it. Okay? So that's, that's where we are. So just running this uh, simple statistic, we answer this question. So we back to our question, how often does the overnight point of control get touched or taken during the RTH session? Well, for the aggregate, 
86% of days historically, historically, okay? And for days where it opens above, it's 84% historical probability. Days where it opens below, 87% historical probability for that particular data set going back to August 24th or August 25th, 2015. You can see the data set started right here. Okay, so that's an example of extracting that. Now, what do we do with that? What do we do with that? <clears throat> the next steps are to define. So now we know it's worth looking at that. Okay, so now we know that the overnight point of control generally gets touched more than not. Essentially, on the aggregate, there's only a 14% historical, and I emphasize historical, probability that it doesn't get touched. So I'm leaning towards it's likely to get touched more often than not. How do I trade that? Now, now we get into a whole different uh, class of uh, uh, exercises and, and details that we're, this, this particular session is not designed for where we can go go now and look at localizing the data we can we can mine the data a little bit and find out when it's not likely for example one of the things we can look at very simply is how far did we open from onvpoc so now i'm going to extract another piece of information i'm going to say we open this is the open and this is the VPOC. So 13 and a half, okay? 13 and, we opened 13 and a half points above VPOC, the overnight VPOC, we still touched it in this instance, and then I can run that down, right? Negative means it opened below, uh, positive opened above, and so on. You can see the true negative, true negative, true negative, and so on. And I can extrapolate how on a, on a, a histogram, where we kind of tend to open and then localize, well, if it opens within this range, then that probability is maybe higher, right? So as, as the open expands or becomes farther away, there may be, the expectation is, there is a lower probability of the, that overnight point of control being touched. So if it does open, if the overnight point, point of control is at a price and the open is at a price that's too high, according to my study, I am not going to short looking for the overnight point of control, right? So that becomes a parameter, a filter for that particular trade. So you can start there. So this can go on and on and on because now we're answering additional questions. One, does it have the highest probability of touching? Well, when it opens at zero or at a tick, okay, what about at two ticks? What about a three ticks? What is the probability? You'd need a much bigger data set to be able to do that. But it's just kind of, you can you can really start to hone in on, okay, if the parameter is X and we have condition Y and we see Z, then we put in an order to get short uh, with a stop that is this much targeting the overnight point of control plus a tick to make sure we get filled and that we're not, it didn't just touch it and run the other way. And then now you can go and run that through a back test. You can run it through a simulator for forward testing for a period of time, extract the data, then go live with it if you still see an edge. That's how just a general gross statistic 
can then be honed in and turned into an edge or an actual setup. And this is the core. This is where we start. And generally, people have done this through their gut by watching the market constantly, every day, every tick. They start to see the probabilities. Their mind is recording these probabilities, and they start to see these probabilities and act on them uh, based on what we call gut feel, which to me is just a disastrous way to, to trade. So that's just an example of how taking simple overnight data, simple day data, all I needed was the open for the day data, all I needed was the overnight point of control price for the night data, match the data and make sure the days match, right? This is the old prehistoric way of doing this, I know, but this is how I do it. And, and then we extract the answer, and, and the answer is it's about 86% probability. And I think this is, let me, I think this is in here somewhere. I believe I, there it is. Look at that. Boom. See how valuable these market statistics reports, these cheat sheets are that nobody looks at? I hope you are going to that part of the website and pulling this information for your product. So see that 85.87? This is for a different data set, of course, so it's going to vary a little bit. Uh, in this case, uh, our, our statistics engine is going back to January 1st, 2014, uh, all the way to March 2019. I'm going August 25th, 2015, and so on. But it varied by just one percentage point. What is the what is the amount that I extracted? 86 versus 85.87. Not bad, right? So that was done just manually this morning. Um, but you already have it in your stats reports. So don't don't think lightly of these stats reports. That information is in here, and you can build build a few ideas behind it. Thanks for watching today's webinar. If you'd like to download a copy of the spreadsheet covered in the video, you can do so by signing up for our newsletter. Just visit go2ct.pro forward slash market behavior to sign up. The link is also in the video description.